Jordan Hicks, pending free agent. Should the Vikings look at replacing him with a veteran? Let's talk about linebackers in free agency on the Locked On Vikings podcast. You like it? Three, one, two, three. You, like you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, what's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Vikings Podcast, where we are always trying to learn something new. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you so much for making Locked On Vikings part of your daily routine. Hashtag everydayers who listen every single day. I appreciate you all so very much. If you are new here, hello and welcome. I might have some Cowboys fans. I went on Locked On Cowboys. We talked about Zimmer, which, by the way, Vikings fans, go listen to Locked On Cowboys where I went on there and talked about Zimmer because we had a really cool conversation. Uh, but <laughs> a lot of Cowboys people followed me after that. So hello, Cowboys fans. My name is Luke. Uh, welcome to Locked On Vikings. We're talking about linebackers today. You can find the show wherever you find your favorite podcasts, whether it's the SiriusXM app, even YouTube, or Amazon Fire and Roku. If you download the Locked On Minnesota Sports app. So here's the rub. The Vikings have a whole bunch of needs, right? They've got all kinds of needs along the defensive line. They can use corners, maybe even a wide receiver three. Maybe, you know, when they need a left guard, of course, there's the quarterback. There's a lot of work to do this offseason. They've got a lot of resources this offseason, especially compared to what they've been working with in the past. Um, That said, linebacker is one of those needs. Or is it? Is it arguably, right? Uh, It sort of falls in this, this... place kind of like where running back is where like you could technically look someone in the eye in a, with a straight face and be like, yeah, we're doing Alexander Madison again, but like nobody likes that. <laughs> and the Vikings could technically just like roll out with Ivan pace and just have him be the one linebacker serious that they have on their team. Um, the only other linebackers that they have under contract are Brian Azamoa and William Quinku. Those, those are the three guys you need like, seven or eight to go into camp. So we're going to see some linebackers join the team that are new for sure. But some of those could be guys coming back like Troy Dye or Jordan Hicks. Uh, And so we got to kind of think, what do we need from these players? So that's the first thing we're going to go over is what does the Flores defense need from a linebacker? And then we'll talk about if if Jordan Hicks can be that guy. Maybe just bringing Hicks back is the move here. He'll hit free agency most likely, but you There's nothing stopping you from signing him back Uh, or the idea of sticking with Ivan Pace and then also some some free agency targets that we can look at as well. But first, let's just like get a baseline. What do we need from what should we be looking for in a linebacker? And I think with Pace on the team and the role that he will take, I do think Pace should be on the field every down. Like that's something that I I think that he's earned and that would be good for the Vikings if if Pace is on the field every single down. Um, but I don't think it's necessarily good to roll into the season with Pace and Asamoa, if only for size reasons, but also I don't know how much we trust Asamoa. He didn't play at all, right? He got usurped by Troy Dye on the depth chart. That's not a great sign. And it tells me the coaches don't feel great about him, which, uh, puts some quotes from around this time last year into heavy question. What were you talking about, Kevin? Um, but I digress. Assuming that that status quo stays the same, which is not necessarily going to, I mean, you know, guys take a leap sometimes, but let's assume that they don't to keep this simple. It feels like the Vikings definitely need another linebacker. You need to be able to go two or even three linebacker sets 
uh, to be able to have that sort of personnel versatility that Brian Flores wants. So that's the first thing that you got to understand about the Brian Flores defense and the way that it's always been in any Belichick labeled defense, uh, whether it's the Patriots, the Lions when they had Patricia, um, the Giants when they had Joe Judge as their head coach. All of those teams loved to mess around with personnel. Vrabel, um, they love to, to mess around with personnel. And there's definitely two competing schools of thought on this. There's definitely a, a school of thought that is just get your best 11 out there and maybe we'll have some rotational guys. That's very Mike Zimmer, right? Mike Zimmer was get your best 11 out there and we'll have a nickel and we'll have a base, right? So if they bring out, you know, really big personnel, we've got the guys to match it and we'll rotate in that way. But otherwise, if you're going to sit in your sort of regular personnel, whatever your your uh, idea is, whatever your offense likes to live in, we have what our defense likes to live in. We have our best 11. We want to find a way to get those players out there as much as possible. And the way to counter that is to try to force them into uncomfortable personnel, you know, try to say, okay, we know your defense is doing really well. We're going to come out in base a lot so that you have Ben Gideon out there instead of Terrence Newman or whatever. Did those guys even overlap? I don't even remember. Or you can take the sort of Belichickian way, which is what Flores has, which is everybody gets in. We Everybody rotates. Everybody stays fresh. It gives us some control over the personnel a little bit. And yeah, that means sometimes we're going to have guys like Theo Jackson out there over starters that we're paying a lot of money. Sometimes it's going to be a thing that happens, but it gives us a lot of versatility, right? If it's a third and long situation and we want more speed out there, we can do that. If there's a mobile quarterback and we want more speed out there more often, we can do that. If you are a jam them up 13 personnel run team and we want more beef out there, we want to be able to do that, right? So that versatility is really important. And that tells me that we are going to have linebackers, two undersized linebackers. That is not an acceptable state of affairs for a Brian Flores defense. I think you need a big linebacker. I want beef. And Jordan Hicks does provide beef. He does that. Um, what I would love, and this is a little bit like asking, asking for a million dollars, is I would love a big linebacker that can run because what I noticed with Jordan Hicks the the worst plays that he had were plays where he was asked to go from the line of scrimmage in a, in a blitz sim, which is going to happen a lot with Brian Flores, right? Like that, you got to be able to play out of that and get out to the flat and beat a running back out there. It was almost like when they asked defensive tackles to do it out there. It was just as beatable. To me, that is an issue, right? So I would love to get a run thumper and somebody that can go out and, and provide the extra beef so that you don't just get blasted like the Eagles did week two when they hadn't quite figured out what they wanted to do with their fronts yet. And they ended up caught in things like, you know, Ivan Pace alone in the A gap against a guard in a center double team like they, that got blown out. Right. And they, the Eagles ran all over the Vikings. Um, but as long as we we have enough size in that second level to do that, then I feel like the rest of that player's like skill set can be we're just looking for someone fast. We don't need the biggest, strongest guy that probably should be an edge rusher, right? We don't need the Anthony Barr here, although Anthony Barr could run, so maybe that's not a, the best example. Um, you know, we we don't need the EJ Henderson. Maybe that's one. EJ Henderson is big thumper that just made all kinds of awesome plays on the interior. But I do want someone with enough size to hold their own when a guard comes at them and that, and that doesn't just have to play the shed game. So you got to be able to get out of the flat. You have to be able to hold your own in the run against a guard. Those are the two major things that I want from a linebacker for the Brian Flores defense and, and, and in the run to get kind of technical, uh, don't complain. You love it. Uh, <laughs> in the run, if you, the, so 
most NFL DCs nowadays worth their salt will split and rotate and and mix it up between box fits and spill fits. Um, that's two words for essentially how you approach run defense. Are you playing spill, which is spill and kill, where you prioritize interior gaps and hope that you can force running backs to run out to the outside, go east-west instead of north-south? That takes longer. Defensive backs can get involved and you can cover more gaps that way because you can get more players in. Or do you play box, where you don't let these super agile guys get out into space and you try to funnel them back into the interior where you have big, mean you know, total monsters in the middle that, um, you know, can, can then make the play from there. So if you're doing the box fit world, you need a good middle linebacker that can either be penetrative, like, uh, like, like Ivan pace where they can, you know, evade a block from a guard and, and have, um, disruption in that way where they're just sort of like difficult to block or somebody like Jordan Hicks, who I think this is the thing he did best in, uh, Minnesota, in in last year at least, which is he can hold his gap, he can be where he's supposed to be, he can hold his spot and be where he's supposed to be and essentially deny those interior gaps that you just funneled the running back into and he's going to eventually pick something and that's who gets the tackle. Um, I think Hicks was really good at that part, but when you do the spill fits thing, a lot of times for, for off-ball linebackers and spill fits, um, if they're not like shooting a gap and trying to punish, say, a puller or something like that, uh, or, or try to like shoot a gap where a puller was or something like that. A lot of times they will actually be responsible for scraping off to the outside. And then you essentially are, are trying to make a tackle in space. And again, that's where I care a little bit more about agility than I do about strength. Linebacker is a difficult thing because the, you, you can sort of hyper specialize these guys in the way that Ivan Pace or Brian Osamoa are. And you can hyper specialize these guys in the way that I always think of Ben Gideon as this like old school kind of, or, you know, like Chad Greenway was, uh, in his heyday that are a little bit more like thumpers. But if you ask those guys to run, it's a little bit more difficult, not to mention the coverage responsibilities, which very often turns into man to man on a run on a running back. But it's also being able to identify shallow crossers and have those eyes and those veteran stuff. So I love the idea of a free agent linebacker rather than trying to draft someone and develop them right now. I think they've got enough youth at that position. I could use a veteran presence there. So the next question becomes, should that guy be Jordan Hicks? Uh, should that guy be somebody else? And if so, who should that guy be? What kind of money should we spend on it? We're going to go over all of that next on the Lockdown Vikings podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by DoorDash. DoorDash is incredibly clutch. Uh, for me, who hosted a Super Bowl party and therefore all of the food in my fridge right now is like Super Bowl food. But every once in a while, I'm like, I don't necessarily want to eat like heavy barbecue. <laughs> So DoorDash has been very clutch for mixing it up for me, but it's always great for filling whatever it is that you are craving right now. So you can get dinner for tonight, groceries for the week, or even a consolation prize for any sad San Francisco 49er fans that you know all on DoorDash. DoorDash is your door to more. Head to the DoorDash app to get everything you need delivered. Thank you so very much for making Lockdown Vikings your first listen of the day. Uh, for your second listen, if you don't go to the 24-7 YouTube feed that has, it is a streaming channel on Lockdown Minnesota Sports that is all Minnesota sports all the time. All the top stories for the Twins, Wolves, Wild, Vikings, of course, Gophers, everything, the links, whatever you need on uh, Lockdown Minnesota Sports. If you don't want to do that, go listen to Locked on Cowboys, where I spent the whole show with Marcus and Landon over there talking about 
Mike Zimmer and what to expect from him for the Cowboys. I'm actually super stoked to see what he can do with guys like Michael Parsons and Trevon Diggs and what happens with that defense. I'm going to be watching it very closely this year. Um, moving on though, let's talk a little bit about, uh, what, what we can get with, with pace and Hicks. If the Vikings decide they just want to go status quo here, I think that would be, I mean, it would be a confusing choice to a lot of people who still can't really like parse roster building outside of the dichotomy of like rebuilding and going all in. Like if you're not doing one of those things, they can't understand it. Hopefully listeners of Lockdown Vikings, we can understand that, that there's more nuance to it than this like false dichotomy. Um, but let's say they want to go status quo and they say, we just want to bring back Jordan Hicks. I've already sort of talked a little about what I liked about Jordan Hicks coming in. Um, and what I didn't like, I mean, I, I love the way that he defends the run. He's strong and he's able to hold a spot and he's able to win on the shoulder. He's supposed to win on a lot of times. The way that it works out with linebackers versus like a guard in the run game is that guards climbing up to you and he wants to overtake a certain shoulder of yours, depending on what the play is. Um, but he'll want to be on one side of you or the other. And what's always kind of funny is that depending on the run fit, sometimes you'll want to be on that same side and you'll both like, you won't contest each other. Cause I want to be on your outside shoulder and he wants you to be, you know, he wants me to be on his outside shoulder. So I guess I'm on the outside shoulder and everybody's going to be fine with that. Nobody's going to be mad. And, and this play's going to come down to something else kind of. And then it's just a matter of, of, of like stacking and shedding and trying to get off and making that play. And I think Jordan Hicks is pretty good at that stuff. Um, again, it, it came down to the coverage responsibilities. When you're talking coverage in Brian Flores's defense, this was, a lot more zone than it looked like. A lot of it looked like man. It got charted as man even, if you want to like statistically do it, but wasn't true man-to-man coverage as as you would think of it for like what man is. Um, a lot of it was zone match, basically, is the best way that I can describe it, where you had a guy in front of you and you would take him, you would spend you know two beats looking at the quarterback and relating to the quarterback's eyes, which is exploitable because quarterbacks can look you off in the in the drop back, right? A good quarterback, Jared Goff has gotten the Vikings like crazy on this the last two years, um, can look one way. And I actually think that Ben Johnson has been um, designing pass plays where during Jared Goff's dropbacks, he is, he is reading the front side of a play, therefore getting a linebacker to move over to that side of a play. And then if that isn't there, he can, he's, his next read is going to be right to wherever those hook linebackers are. I think Ben, ben Johnson's done, done a great job of getting rid of that four hook linebackers, which is Jordan Hicks. So the skill set that you're looking for there, like that's not necessarily the linebacker's fault. He's doing what he's coached to do. He's relating to the, to the running back or he's relating to the quarterback's eyes. And usually if you, if you flow over toward the quarterback's eyes, someone else is supposed to take over that spot where you're supposed to be. Um, so and and play to play that whoever's fault that is is different. Sometimes it is Hicks, sometimes it is. It doesn't. We don't need to go super nitty gritty. Um, but what you need is when when that quarterback stops reading front side and moves back over to the other side, you need a guy with the agility to be able to stop and reclaim his position really really fast. And at at Jordan Hicks's age, that's just not something I trust anymore. I, I think he's definitely lost a step from his heyday when he was on those 2017 Eagles. But the older he gets, the more that's going to become a concern, not to mention the concern of lining up in the A gap and then having to run out in the flat. And there was just a lot of times when he had to get out to the flat and he just had to get out faster. And the Vikings would give up seven, eight yards on that. Um there are times when Brian Flores' defense is happy to cede seven or eight yards because 
you know, they blitzed six, and if that blitz didn't get home and the only punish is a seven-yard gain, that's actually not too bad for, for plays where a blitz gets picked up, and you hope enough of them get home where, you know, you can you can get the defense behind, or the offense behind the chains, and that seven or eight isn't enough anymore. But to me, like, that bugged me a lot. So, look, if you wanted to bring Jordan Hicks back, I guess I could get my stomach around it. Like, I, I wouldn't go crazy. What I would think is that I think Pace should be on the field more and Hicks should only be on the field in base. That's that's the way that I would want to, or against base. That's the way that I would want to do this. Um, and it's it's different, right? Like you can respond to, say, 11 personnel, three wide receivers, with four two five. So four D linemen, Pace and Hicks, and then your five, your nickel personnel to match those three wide receivers. You can do that, or you can respond with 5-1-5, which the Vikings actually did a lot, especially when Hicks was hurt. Uh, but even sometimes when Hicks wasn't hurt, just because of the way that I think that that matched up with the run games they were seeing and stuff. Um, and, and that worked out very well. That was the game plan in the best game the defense had, which was the shutout in Las Vegas. Um, it was all Ivan Pace. I don't think Jordan Hicks was available for that one, so I don't think they had a choice, but like, that doesn't change the fact that they they rose to that occasion really well. So it was all Ivan Pace. So if you're in five one five, and last year Jordan Hicks was the was the one in five one five, um, and and that was exploitable. If you're answering nickel, or you're answering uh, eleven with a five one five nickel package, then you are really running a risk of a you know any kind of motion that changes from things from one side to another. Um, certain route concepts that, you know, can leave the the zone of the slot corner, for example, if that's like Byron Murphy, and enter the zone of Jordan Hicks, well, they can run that with their slot receiver, and now you've got a slot receiver on Jordan Hicks. That's a bad mismatch. I don't like that. I'm much more comfortable with that when it's somebody like Ivan Pace. And I do need Ivan Pace to get a little better in coverage, but that's a, that's a separate discussion. Um, I just, I don't feel great about it unless he is a guy that only comes out against base package offense. Then I feel a little better about it because then that's not a, that's not your wide receiver three on Jordan Hicks. Then that guy becomes a second tight end, which is a little easier, a fullback or something. That's a little bit you know, on the outlet. Jordan Hicks can make that play. Perfectly happy with that. But I think the roles will need to shift. And I am projecting a little bit of these problems getting worse as Jordan Hicks. I think he's going to be 33. I do not want to put that guy on the field against a personnel package that is likely to make him have to be fast. That's not the move, I don't think. So what is the move if it's not going to be Hicks? Let's say we want somebody that can sort of push Ivan Pace down to a rotational role, a specialized role, we'll call a more specialized role that doesn't require you to do every single thing, every single down, which I think he would be okay at, but maybe you're just too worried that he's small. Okay, sure, fine. Who should it be? Let's look at some free agents that's coming up next. Today's episode of Lockdown Vikings is brought to you by Nissan. If you are the kind of driver that likes to push things a little bit further and you are looking for adventure, why don't you check out one of Nissan's lineup of SUVs with capabilities to take that adventure to the next level. Check out the 2024 Nissan Rogue. It's perfect for city drives and great escape because they have all kinds of fancy schmancy stuff built in like Google Assistant, Google Maps, and, and the Google Play Store, all part of a 12.3-inch HD touchscreen touch infotainment 
system. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect midsize crossover for your next adventure, that blend of luxury and durability. Speaking of, how about the Nissan Pathfinder? It's got room for up to eight people, an expansive cargo capacity, and advanced available 4x4 capability, so you can get something big to a hard spot. That is the essence of adventure. It's got 284 horsepower and up to 6,000 pounds towing. So when adventure calls, the Pathfinder is there to answer. Take the Nissan Rogue, Nissan, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. So if it's not Jordan Hicks, let's say we're just too worried about that age. Um, what will it be? And and let's compare like a price point to, as always, I'm using the PFF price uh, projections. That's from Brad Spielberger. He's pretty good at this. I tend to trust it. It's not always going to be right. Apply major margins of error, but it works for what we're kind of talking about just to give us some numbers to work with. And um, Spielberger projects Jordan Hicks to get a $4 million deal for one year. So that's pretty cheap. So if we want to do better, we, we, we have to be comfortable with shelling out a little bit more. Now, that can be okay. We've gone over that a lot on this show. So if you are new to this show and you're super, super worried about the Vikings cap situation, go check out a previous episode or just wait for me to go through. I'm probably going to go through something a little more comprehensive because I've spent a little bit piecemeal. But the Vikings will have cap space to spend on a linebacker. I am very sure that that's part of their plan, unless their plan is to draft a linebacker because they really like the linebackers in this draft or something. But that wouldn't be a decision about money. It does not have to be. Don't listen to the cap terrorists. They don't they don't know what they're talking about. Um, but I'm looking at guys like, you know, Patrick Queen, who PFF projects to have an 18 million dollar a year, four year deal, big time second contract kind of guy. Jordan Brooks, who has 11 million a year. Um Devin White, who if you want somebody like older, Josie Jewell, who I've actually liked a lot for a long time in Denver, making six or seven mil a year, guys like that. Um, so you're going to have to up the price a little bit. I'm okay with that. I really like the idea of Jordan Brooks. <laughs> this is maybe I just follow too many members of Seahawks Twitter, but should Jordan Brooks hit the market? He is somebody that has that versatility, that almost impossible kind of catch 22, like, skill set that I want out of a linebacker where he can take on a block and, and shed it, but he can also like get back and be the number three or cover the number three receiver, which can often be like a vertical from a wide receiver. He can actually turn and run and do that. You know, he can get back and do that. Uh, plus good technique on, you know, play action and stuff like that. Just a, a very sound football player with good all around athleticism where, where there's no athleticism that he doesn't have. And I think that's where I'm sort of falling in on linebackers where I care more about is there a, a, you know, what's your glaring weakness? Is there no glaring weakness? I will be very, very happy with that. And I don't necessarily need a, a, a linebacker that's really, really, really good and specialized at this one thing. Um, I think that guys like Ivan Pace can find their way to be good at all the things you have to, to worry about, even though he is this super like min-maxed guy where he's all agility and no size. But he has the block evasion and stuff, so he can sort of simulate what size usually does for you, which is allow you to, uh, you know, get off a blocker and be in your gap. Well, he can just avoid that blocker altogether and then go be in his gap. Um, but I, I think for me, Jordan Brooks would be the like the good prototypical linebacker that does everything that you kind of need him to do for 11 mil a year over two years, if that's the projection. Uh, I'd, I'd be pretty freaking stoked on that, to be honest with you. Uh, I think that he would make a great guy to pair with Ivan Pace. 
but you look at you can look all around. Um, so if you if you want to just be PFF pilled about it, they say Frankie Lou Blue's the best guy. He's got kind of a pass rushing prowess that could be a really cool fit with all the blitzing and stuff that uh, that that Brian Flores wants to do. If you really want to shell out and go grab Patrick Queen, who's a pending free agent out of Baltimore, I if I had to guess, I would guess that neither he nor uh, Jordan Brooks actually find free agency. I think both of their teams will re-sign them. If I if I've got my my finger on the pulse of, of those franchises. But assuming that they don't, which is what we do this time of year, uh, great ideas. I, like I said before, I've always been kind of a, a a fan of Josie Jewell. I didn't love what I saw from him in the only Broncos game that I studied this year, which is the one against the Vikings. So that's one. But I'm not going to put like a whole season's worth of stock into that. It's just one game. Um, and then here's an interesting couple of names. So there's Drew Tranquil, right, who's been this AFC West guy forever. Um, and he was part of this Kansas City defense. I think he had a really nice year as part of this Kansas City defense. At times, he was kind of the scapegoat there. But I think he did a lot of hidden things that's a lot harder for people who are just watching Monday Night Football to see, um, especially, you know, just by the TV angle and stuff and people who just don't really care about the run game, which is fair. You're wrong, but it's fair. Um <laughs> And then how about Blake Cashman? Let's go bring the gopher home, right? Blake Cashman, part of that uh, that resurgent Houston Texans team, got coached up by D'Amico Ryans a little bit. Um, also sort of fills that, uh, that all-aroundness that I want. And I think for me, Blake Cashman represents the idea of I want to get I, – I want to – replace Jordan Hicks. I don't just want to say we're going pace and Asamoah we're not spending, we're, you know, we're saving money at the linebacker position. If you want to just sort of stick with where the Vikings are at the linebacker position in terms of spending, uh, but you just don't want Jordan Hicks to be the guy they bring back. I feel like Blake Cashman is a good, like one for one. He's only projected. He's not projected to cost more than $5 million, 4.25. I think on this. Yeah. 4.25 a year for two years. So it's functionally the same amount of money for someone a little younger who's a little bit more maybe trustworthy in coverage and maybe just doesn't quite have the strength. But again, we're looking for balance here, not like this min-max thing. So I, there's a couple of names. I don't know. I look at this list of names and and I see a lot of guys that I find really interesting. I mean, you could also go elsewhere in the bargain bin with someone like Oren Burks or uh, Willie Gay, who's also coming out of those KC Chiefs. Um, Devin White would be, I would say, I mean, he's he would cost $7 million a year. He hasn't been that good for a while, I don't know, necessarily. You'd have to ask a Bucks fan, really. Um, but hey, you know, if you want that veteran presence, you can go do that. All in all, I feel like there are a lot of options. And I think after talking this out, where I'm landing is, A, this is not something that you need to dedicate draft capital to. The draft, the Vikings have enough things they need to do in the draft. And hey, if they get out of free agency and, you know, they end up like re-signing Kirk and signing a bunch of D-line and, and then linebacker becomes one of the more primary needs, then I'll start watching linebackers and draft prospects and stuff. But I probably think that this is something... This is a hole better filled by a veteran and better better addressed with cap dollars rather than draft picks. I'd rather use that uh, capital on it this time, just because of the the Vikings have enough young talent, right? They need they need veteran. Um, and and looking at it, I think if they just bring back Jordan Hicks just to kind of stay status quo and stay with continuity, I think it kind of represents a missed opportunity. I think that they can. I think they can upgrade. Yeah, I think that's where I'm at. I, there is an opportunity to get better here. Uh, and to spend less money than how much better you get, right? And that's ultimately what you're looking for when we're talking about spending these resources, right? You want to, 
maneuver situations such that your resources are going further, that you are spending less money to get better players, right? And you might spend a little more money, but if you get a, you know, if you spend one and a half times as much money to get twice as good a player, you are coming out ahead. And if you make a lot of little transactions like that, it will add up into a good team. Uh, and I think that there's an opportunity to do something like that here, right? So I'm in, I'm in for a free agent linebacker. I'm in for a hashtag new friend there. We'll see what they all do. The, this Kirk Cousins uh, decision feels like it's coming down the pipe pretty soon. We're starting to hear stuff about it. We're starting to hear uh, the things like that Tom Pelissero, Justin Jefferson deal about like he wants to know what's up about quarterback. Kind of feels like things are starting to, to click. So hopefully we'll see some dominoes next week. I will see you all for that. All right, everybody be good. Enjoy uh, your weekend. And as always, skull.